Boing. <laughs> Welcome to Talk and Talk. Off to a great start. <laughs> Interrupting our own intro music. <laughs> Dumb soundboard effects. Uh, I'm Brent. <laughs> I'm here today with Chris hey. and TJ. Hey. And we are talking the talk. We will not be walking the walk. This is audible only. The good thing is when we forget to call our name our podcast in the intro, uh, Kelly and the band has already done it for us. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> and when we forget the name of Kelly and the band, we stand at the end of the show. <laughs> Kelly and the band. I couldn't decide if I wanted to give the credit to Kelly or the band. I just went with Kelly and the band. Good call. The band doesn't say it. Right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Screw those guys. The, the drums just go dark. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about stuff we've been watching. Follow that up with some uh, news. Yeah. And tell you what you should go see as well. Uh, so, I'll get started. Cool. I've been watching nothing. <laughs> That's not technically true. I've been continuing with a couple of TV shows, but I haven't had hit any big milestones in them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still watching Rectify. It's still pretty good. It's, uh, you know, the, the drama that I talked about, the southern drama that I talked about last week. Um, also started The Good Place, finally. Ah, I like it. I needed a, I needed a easily digestible comedy to, to put on while I'm doing other stuff. It is it is approaching the line of easily digestible. We're getting yeah. away from it. But yeah, it, it is. I know. I know. I know what you mean specifically. Yeah. Right. It's a little different for me because I've never seen it. Right. So I have to pay more attention to right. it. It's not like a twelfth rewatch of How I Met Your Mother or right. something. But right. it's. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, it's a good cast. It's not like. I'm probably five or six episodes in. It's not hilarious, but it is interesting and fun to watch. Yeah. More than it is funny. Yeah, I think it sticks with that too, I would say, through season two. Yeah, it is more Arrested Development and less The Office in its style of humor, where it's like, it's it's not really about like a gag ever. It's about like the running joke. And yeah, you get to this like, heaping pile of inside jokes by the end of a season that feel like they're tailor-made for you, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a, 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 my, my best way to contextualize it. How blind are you as to overall story arcs? I know one big reveal that happens at some point in time. Which, what's, what's that? It's been out for a while. Me and Chris have seen it. So. Uh, that the title is a misnomer. Okay. It's, yeah, it's... Yeah. The, the fun of that show is kind of... We were talking beforehand about how the book Carrie isn't that interesting to read when you know what the big thing in Carrie is. Right. Uh, it's it's an interesting show where I do feel like the show is more interesting the less you know about it when you watch it. Yes. Um, but, so. I, but I have actually wondered anyway. I think you... you I've sort of wondered that a bit anyway, like uh, based on like what Cheaty is having to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it sort of feels like Cheaty's personal hell. Yeah, right. <laughs> And uh, uh, they definitely give you big clues and hints along yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, the reveal of the uh, the the Buddhist monk is one of my uh, that was a, it's a was a very funny funny. Yeah. funny moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he 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 turns into like I think series MVP. He's my maybe my favorite character. Maybe yeah. He's up there. Ted Danson is fucking incredible in that show. Yeah, he is. So. Uh, but other than that, I'll just save my comments for uh, reality roundup. So. Cool. Well, I thought I wasn't going to get a timestamp out of you, but we're going to stamp yeah. that good place talk. Yeah. <laughs> Who's uh, next? I watched one movie that uh, Chris is next. Hasn't been seen by y'all. <laughs> uh, I make the call. I watched uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. Is that what it's called? The one that came so. out this year? Sure. Um, that's about all I have to say about it. <laughs> you just watched I just watched it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a fucking Godzilla movie, man. Cool. What do you want? Like <laughs> that's the idea. That's what I want. Yeah, that is exactly what I they, wanted. They did. I would be very disappointed if Godzilla did not make an appearance. Yeah. I mean, the, the plot is is non-existent. There's like there's like uh, inner turmoil with like the monsters, though, right? Like there's Godzilla, and they're trying to prevent King Ghidorah from being resurrected because he's like the Planet Ender, and isn't that the plot of it? Yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) There's a big monster that they don't trust for some reason, so they try to get other monsters to kill it. It just seemed like a very simple... Did they ever use their names? Yeah. Okay. But there's like too many. I know. Is King Ghidorah the like three-headed like yeah, hydra yeah, yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Is the one they don't trust named Tricky? <laughs> no, they don't trust all of them. Uh, they don't trust any of them. But they're just like trying to slow down King Ghidorah. Sorry, all the monsters listening. Didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> we have lots of Kaiju who listen. <laughs> um, they just don't download it. They listen to it off the site. That's why we don't get the hits. Got it. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like a very like dumb way to get monster fights to tap it on screen. And they goes to so much trouble telling you that Ghidorah is so like unbeatable, right? That you know how all these fights end too. Is the approach to this movie more on like the cast? Is it more ensemble or does it focus on just, just uh, it's a ensemble? I mean, if there's a lead, it's Kyle Chandler, I guess. Okay, Millie Bobby Brown's got a pretty small role in it. Yeah, it's a good stepping stone for her to get into like American movies. You yeah. know what I mean? You gotta work on her accent in a movie that nobody cares about your accent on, mm-hmm. and. Because, I mean, she doesn't have to have that. I was thinking about that when I was watching it. She doesn't have to have that accent or carry it on Stranger Things because she gets to talk kind of like a robot. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and this, she's just a normal, like, teenage girl. Yeah. Um, but she's, she's good. Nobody's bad. It's just a, they knew what they were trying to make when they spent a bunch of money and made that movie. Yeah. So. I, I hear that, that Mothra in particular is a really cool visual, uh, like, treat. Mothra's cool. Um... It's very like like phosphorescent kind yeah. of glow to it. My favorite was probably besides Ghidorah and Godzilla, obviously because they're so massive. Yeah. But there's a like a fire demon like hawk monster mm. in Mexico. Um, the reason why I don't remember names too is that they mention their name once when they're describing what monster they're about to unleash, and then it like dies immediately. Like Suicide Squad conversation at, at the table, kind of. They yes. kind of go through them once, and then it's like, all right, you got it. Yeah. All right, there'll be a quiz at the end of this. Right. So. I don't know. I think I gave it like three stars. The effects are awesome. Cool. But, you know, at some point it's like, oh my god, they made like nuclear Godzilla. I don't need to know why that happened, I don't guess. I thought about rewinding it and I was like, I'm not even sure they tell me. I'm not going to go look for it. Um, but it's fine. It's as good as the other one was. And, you know, you get to see like King Kong's dick. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. No, you see him like on a TV when they're describing all the monsters. Like, you see a picture of him, and then you they talk about where they're all located, and they say Skull Island. So they're they're ramping up for yep. King Kong vs. Godzilla in a couple of years. It's on the books, 2020. Yeah. So now they've had it both ways. So they mentioned Godzilla at the end of that, King Kong. That gorilla dick both ways. Yeah. <laughs> they mentioned Godzilla at the end of King Kong, and now they've mentioned King Kong at the... Was Just, it at the end? No, it was in the beginning. Oh, okay. No, they didn't. But this one doesn't. It wasn't like right. a... And King Kong. Right. It was like, you know, yeah. these are all the monsters we have, and you can see one of King Kong. Is Kong there, say his name. Is there an after credit scene? Because if there was... Don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The movie was over, and I was done with it as well. Yeah. My guess is probably because yeah. Godzilla or King Kong had an after credit scene. Right. Okay. So my guess is they would do something similar. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, I meant to look it up on YouTube later, but didn't. Yeah. But, anyway... Check it out if Kaiju's your thing. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm yeah. meaning to catch it. The graphics were just as good as before, or just as good as, uh, what's the one mean you like with the Pacific Rim? Yeah. Cool. Graphics were great. I mean, I, like I said, I gave it three and a half stars, I think, because, like, I felt like they knew what they were trying to do, and they did a pretty good job at it. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a, it's fun that there are still movies of that scale being made. Like, yes. Like, you know, we've kind of moved past the disaster movie uh, era, and well, actually, we might be going through a resurgence these days. But and then these these like monster movies are kind of evergreen. Yeah, so. a uh, weird performance by uh, Tywin Lannister. What's uh, his name? Charles Dance. Yeah, he's kind of like the villain. Yeah, I, don't know. I just assume he's the villain in everything. Yeah, so it's weird seeing like. It's like, oh, they got like a cast member from all the best 2010 shows. <laughs> There's a guy from Silicon Valley. Friday There's... Night Lights and Stranger Things and Game of Thrones. They're <laughs> yeah. hitting them all. But, yeah, Vera Farmiga's in it. Cool. That's about all I can say about her performance. She's in it. <laughs> Wait, is that older Farmiga or yeah. younger Farmiga? Older. Okay. 
Departed Farmiga. Yes. Okay. Not Taisa Farmiga. Okay. Yeah. Guys, we are in a bad state when I'm the names guy on our show. <laughs> no, we're not. You're like, like the names guy. <laughs> no. Uh, this did remind me, though, of something weird. I just want to... Uh, actually... I'll save it for Breezy. That's, we have a segment for news. <laughs> so I'll just wait for that. I watched one more movie uh, with with Chris. Oh, yeah. Uh, we went and saw Todd Phillips' Joker. Uh, it was great. Yeah, it was really good. Cool. Yeah. It's 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 interesting calling it Todd Phillips' Joker because it does not feel like Todd Phillips' anything. Oh, no. I talked to I talked to Brent after I watched it and I was giving him the like spoiler-free, like, my feelings on it. And I think well, you had voiced like some like I'm nervous about the Todd Phillips coming out maybe in this movie a little bit. We were talking about that. Uh, kind of, sort of, yeah, ish, yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, you don't have to worry about that. There is zero. Like, if you didn't know Todd, if Todd Phillips was name wasn't on the credits, you would have no clue. Yeah. If it just cold opened into the movie and the first time you saw Todd Phillips was in directed by at the end, you'd be yeah surprised, right? Um, which I mean, kudos to him. Like, he did a great job. As, as someone who I don't want to give, uh, you know, a, a heap of praise to, um, given some of the the bizarre shit he's been saying, uh, it's still, like, you know, really showing how ambidextrous he can be when it comes to directing comedies and dramas. Um, yeah, you know, he did a fantastic job. And I, I agree, his, I guess we'll hit on that in Breezy some too, maybe, but... Um, I mean, and, and he doesn't win the movie. No. Either. The, there is a clear winner in this film. Yeah, it helps that Joaquin Phoenix just acts his fucking face off. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly confident we'll have another Oscar nom for him Yeah, this year in the lead category. He's, uh, the movie is 99% Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, and, and his, his best performances are usually him alone. Not even talking about, like, the thing that you and I discussed that we were kind of, like, irritated by, basically shoehorning in the Gotham aspect of it. Right. Um, but, like, his solitude is almost more interesting to watch than his interactions with people. Yeah, no. I mean, he's just, uh, I don't know, we've talked about him so much now, he's... The actor, or one of the actors of our generation, I think he's yeah, top five up there in his demographic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I don't know who I would put ahead of him really in that like that bracket. You know what I mean? Jared Leto, yeah, <laughs> in the Joker bracket. That's some, <laughs> yeah, that's some breezy too though. He came out and was all pissy. Oh yeah, that he didn't get his own movie. <laughs> well, he should have been a better Joker. Yeah, I guess they didn't really have that much. Shouldn't have signed on to that awful Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Dude, I'm also mad I didn't get my own movie. <laughs> you fucking can't act a, in the role. You can't. They don't give you. Movies. I still think he was. He was. I think he got edited out. Um, but yeah, don't bitch about that. That's just stupid. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's. I didn't hear about that. That's. It's still taking me a second to process that Jared Leto's mad about that. Yeah. A guy, a guy who said that he's done with acting. It's real stupid. I think I might take Leo over Joaquin. Leo's in the conversation for I, sure. I think because if I'm, I'm thinking about like all the really great Joaquin Phoenix roles and he has had, he does such a great job, but they're always sort of the same. They're not the same type of character exactly, but they're all like just broken in similar ways. Like, um, yeah. you were never really here, or whatever that movie is called. Yeah. Um, and her sounds even. Yeah, he's kind of he's so good in that vein mm. that I can see why everyone wants him in that vein. And every time he gets into that vein, it, it is it is award worthy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. It's it's weird, right? Because those it's it's not like he's good at playing the villain who has a lot to do. His roles are subdued, right? So and they're great performances, right? <clears throat> cool. There's a duck in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Your dog's a duck. Yeah. The uh, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I think it's a really interesting movie. Thinking like to think about later. Specifically, when you think about Joaquin Phoenix's life, 
we were talking about Walking Phoenix. Was it the last episode or the one before? Or one that hasn't come out yet? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> the future. But uh, we were talking, TJ made some joke about Walking Phoenix, and I was like, oh, I'm going to Google Walking Phoenix's life story to like find another joke to make. And then I was reading it, and there's nothing to fucking laugh about. Yeah. Yeah, he's like Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, so there's like a bit of uh, this movie that is like seems autobiographical, and I'm like thinking about what we're talking about with like, well, he he always kind of plays a part. Like this one feels like it was made for him. Yeah. Um, oh my god, though, you see the videos? Have y'all seen the videos of the guy? People like the viral videos of compilations of people with the laughing disorder. Oh no! Oh my God, man! It looks just like Walking Phoenix. Like they're all grabbing at their neck all the time, yeah. trying to stop it. It's uh, it's crazy. And I mean, I'm sure he watched those videos too and met with those people or whatever. Yeah, but <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I gave the movie four and a half stars on Letterboxd. There was a couple of, like you said, Batman Gotham adjacent tie-ins that were a little eye rolly for me. Yeah, um, and like. My theory on most movies, I'm just like, felt they could have shaved off a little bit. I don't really know what, yep. but it just drug a little bit, like, later first half. Yeah, it felt long, but I can't point to one scene that felt unnecessary, because it is such a slow tone build, Yeah, that uh, I, I would understand if, if they were like, yes, we know our movie feels long, um, but we have to. It felt very much like a... Uh, the same kind of tour de force performance that is like a De Niro and Taxi Driver. Or like we all just watched Raging Bull for yeah. a podcast on the way future. Yeah. Um, and it felt like that. Um, yes. This, this character is very Travis Bickle. Well, and just the writing and filming yeah. looked like those movies. Yeah. That, that kind of anti... I said I called it an anti-villain outside of the crest because yeah. it's an anti-hero but definitely leaning more on the villain side. Right. More on the anti than the hero. And with Joker there's pretty much no hero. Yeah. So. But yeah I definitely recommend it. So do I. Go check it out. I don't know if it deserves a theater watch. Uh, I mean I would but I don't think there's anything that would. No. I don't think that you miss anything from the viewing experience by not having the you know Dolby surround and the everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to recommend you go see movies in theaters because I want there to keep being movies in theaters. Yeah, but um, the, and and when people talk about the shocking violence, uh, it's it's there. There's definitely shocking violence, but I think it's shocking in that it's, it it doesn't play cartoonish ever. It's super hyper realistic, um, and I think more what fucking scares people is that the creation of the violence giver is so hyper realistic, right? And that they don't like that this is an accurate portrayal of how. Uh, society and the healthcare system just fails people. Yeah. And essentially creates murderers. Um, but that's exactly how it fucking happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to this level, obviously. But, right. you know, fucker couldn't get his meds, man. Yeah. I wish Joaquin Phoenix had been born with the ability to play these, like, this, like, horrid, broken character uh, since birth, so that when he was in. Uh, the movie Space Camp would be way darker if if he had been like if he had already figured that out by age eight. Um, but another movie that I forgot about, The Master. Yeah, it's, it's the same. It's like the whenever he's on, and I I think the aesthetic I'm thinking about in these is just like when you're watching him on screen, you're just like, what's this guy gonna do? Yeah, it's a nervous energy. Yes. Also, I think that's the only fucking movies he likes. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that's the main reason. I, I think it has nothing to do with his, you know, talent. Right. <laughs> it is that he has no urge to be in a happy movie. Yeah, you're not going to see him do like a Spy Kids 3D turn. Right. But, yeah. He was in Brother Bear. Did you ever see Brother Bear? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, the well, I'm a horror eat, movie. I'm going to eat my words. <laughs> Was that the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, movie that came out? <laughs> yeah, but you're right. There aren't many. I never movies. saw the Sisters Brothers, but I got the feeling it was more lighthearted. He yeah, did maybe. play. He played Kyle Cleaver on the new Leave It to Beaver, 1989 <laughs> <laughs> nice. television series. Who the fuck did he play in that Mary Magdalene movie that was not good? Jesus. Yeah. 
At least that guy's got a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Johnny Cash might be one of the least broken characters he's played. Yeah, the guy whose <laughs> little brother died, so he got addicted to speed. <laughs> Finally fell in love and his wife died. <laughs> yeah, super happy life. <laughs> By comparison. <laughs> Oh, well, it sounds like uh, both of you give Joker a hearty thumbs up. Yeah. Or whatever this podcast's equivalent is. <laughs> oh, fuck. He is an 8mm. There's a movie I'll never watch again. Sorry. If you hadn't seen 8mm, don't. <laughs> is it bad? It's just about uh, snuff films. Yeah. I don't to hear about that. You, it's, you have one of those scenes where you see, uh, watch people watching them. Yeah. And it's like horror. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is not fun. We timestamp eight millimeter force. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Hey, Chris, what you got? Bud? A flood of letters, <laughs> handwritten letters. <laughs> you ruined eight millimeter for me. So I watched a few movies. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but I'm going to talk about all of them. Um, just kind of, kind of quickly. Uh, I watched the Netflix original. It is. Do you guys have my musical uh, sting queued up for Spooktober? Boo! Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I watched a Netflix original, uh, The Perfection. Dun, dun, dun! Oh, I saw The Perfection. Yeah. Ewe! Yeah. <laughs> Is that the one with uh, Brian Williams' daughter? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and, uh, She's got a name. Or so he says. <laughs> Allison Williams. And uh, 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 Logan Brown. What the hell's her name? Uh, I forget. Millie name. Logan Brown. Uh, but it's it's the woman who, who is the protagonist in Dear White People. Uh, kind of an interesting revenge movie that gets ahead of itself trying to plan too many twists. Um, yeah, one pays off. <laughs> one one pays off. The other two are just kind of eye-rolly. Just like, why do we need this twist? Um also, when you just assume that this like elite academy for young women is probably like trying going to like try and break them in some way, yeah, uh, you know, I didn't need you know all, all of it really, right? Um, and thought that the the twists were just kind of lazy, not lazy filmmaking, but uh, but but I wouldn't have appreciated. I would have appreciated the movie more if it didn't rely on those as like the sole things to enjoy other than the performances of the two leads. Yeah, no, they definitely, like, turn up the gore and shock. Uh, you also get, like, what I feel is, like, cheating on some of these, like, gross-out movies, which is, like, the view from somebody who's tripping balls. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, that's not real, so... You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's the scene that I guess is in the trailer, too, so that doesn't yeah. really pull much, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's... It was fine. Yeah, it's fine. Everything really for just kind of like a like a stock like suspense thriller slasher movie to put on in the background. It'll it'll do. Yeah. Uh, the next movie I want to talk about is a movie that I had never seen, but is a, a cult favorite. Ooh. Uh, I watched uh, The Crow. Ooh. Never seen it. Never seen it. Me either. I challenge people to watch it and not tell me why other people like it, but tell me why I should like it. Not that that... I just don't... There's something I don't get with this movie. And it might be because of when I watched it. I wasn't an angsty teen when it came out. Uh, or... I don't know. It just... It feels so self-indulgent in just how edgy it is. And that is... It's, it's something that I'll instinctually just kind of push away. Yeah, I feel like if you didn't like it, there's no hope for me or Brent, because you were definitely the closest one of us to an angsty teen, <laughs> I feel like. What are you talking about? <laughs> Go to my room. Uh, no, but I, do, I, I I like action movies, you know, as much as the next fella, and especially if they're like broody and dark protagonists, like a John Wick type, like I'm typically in for that, but this was just like... So is this kind of like ugh. Spawn, like a like an anti-hero Kind of thing. I feel like I've said that word forty-eight times. No, he is a true hero. Okay, he is. So, so the plot of the movie he's is not even like out to do things for selfish reasons. No, there is a criminal underbelly that every night on October thirtieth, Devil's Night, 
goes out and it's it, the night before Halloween. Oh, did you figure that out when you watched it? No, oh. no, I read the Wikipedia page and figured it out later. <laughs> okay. It works out. Uh, so every night, this this criminal uh, organization goes out and they basically like set fire to the city to like get insurance money, whatever, uh, burning down their own buildings. So this is the thing that happened in New York in like the sixties. Yeah, the people would do they'd burn these tenement buildings and whatever. Uh, but so they would. Basically, like, they would use that as an opportunity to commit a bunch of crime, whatever, like, erase people who were, like, threats to this criminal organization. Um, the protagonist and his fiance are having a Tommy Wiseau-style romance up in their attic house. Um, and they... Which I really shouldn't blame on them. They had to piece that together using a body double. It was and, still that bad. Yeah, it okay. was filmed that bad. I was trying to decide if, like, Tommy Wiseau-style romance, like... Like, I don't oh, know. It's acted that bad, too, but that was because that was the scene that they had to chop together using composites because Brandon Lee had killed, had died before that. So, right. So, so they, they end up getting killed by this criminal organization, and then the next year on Devil's Night, he comes back and enacts revenge, and all he does is he kills the people who are involved in killing him. So he's like true hero trajectory. What kind of powers does the crow have? He's unkillable. Pretty good power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it and it pretty much makes the whole movie irrelevant. There no is he never in like danger. No, people are like shooting him point blank, and he's like ha 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 ha. Like there are no stakes to it. This is like watching Superman crush ants. Huh. And it's not like they have like the ultimate gambit where they like kidnap someone who means a lot to them, and then they hold them like hostage. And so yeah. Like what? To, like, what happens? What's the climax of the? He kills them all. What? Like there's, I, I I don't I don't get it. Like unless this is just like a power fantasy, people watching this the same way that like, you know, when you play a Grand Theft Auto and you just like, oh, I'm just gonna sit here and for an hour I'm just gonna kill cops because it's like a fun spectacle. Right. Like if that's the point of the movie, then like I get it. But you know, I I guess I don't understand the acclaim. Like this movie was critically reviewed very well. Yeah, Ebert, 4 out of 4, famously, I think. Yeah, and, like, there's a lot of, like, people are complimentary about, like, the visual style and the cinematography and the score, and I think it's all dog shit. Like, mm. I, I, there's... You, you this, have intrigued me, though, that, to try to watch it, maybe. I, I am disconnected from this movie in a way that I don't understand. Cassandra's a big fan, which is strange. Yeah, I asked her if she'd seen it recently, and she said, I forget what she, forgot what she said, but I, like, I want to reiterate... I know that it sounds like a weird request, but I challenge someone to watch it and tell me why I should like it. Yeah. Um, I know that it seems like I'm baiting an argument, uh, but I who's, just, I don't who's the director? It. Anybody know off the top of their head? I don't know off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But the movie is I Know What You Did Last Devil's Night, <laughs> 1994. Uh, so, yeah. So, The Crow. Fun. Um, the next movie I watched, and I'll be quick about this one. Uh, I watched a schlocky 80s horror movie called Return to Horror High School. Cass has watched that. It's a lot of fun. It is George Clooney's second film role. After Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? No. He was in some small movie before this one, and then he was in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes after. Oh, weird. Um, he plays like a really, really small part. He's like the first first on screen to die. Okay. Uh, this is a really fun movie. This is a horror comedy Kind of lampooning the genre of like high school horror movie. Yeah. And it's like, it is told in a really curious way where it is about a film crew who goes to a high school to recreate, to like make a movie about the murders that happen at that high school. And because it's so low budget, they have actors playing multiple roles. But this movie is also low budget, so they have actors playing multiple roles. And in the fiction of the universe, they have some of the kids who survived the killings in high school who are now in the movie. So they use all of that to blend together. Oh, and there's a simultaneous police investigation that is happening after people from the film crew were murdered. Mm. So they're telling these three stories and kind of like fucking around with the timeline where like it'll be characters talking and it'll be a flashback and then there'll be like some grisly murder and then the director will yell cut. And then... <laughs> So it just like it plays that. It's a lot of fun. I don't want to say too much about it because it's not like a, a good movie at the end. At the end of the day, um, again, it's uh, 
a movie that I think hangs its hat too much on uh, the ability to use uh, twists, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's. It reminds me of a movie I watched last about a year ago, last Halloween, that you should definitely fit into your month somewhere because it was so good, and you should too because it's on Prime right now. But the Behind the Mask, the Rise of a Serial Killer, Rise of a Slasher, Leslie Vernon, Leslie Vernon, yeah, okay. super good. Uh, yeah, real fun little plays with the slasher genre. In yeah, a fun way. I just like that this like movie, this like little movie that came out in, like nineteen eighty seven, was already like rolling its eyes at the generation for making the same horror movie over and over again. Right. Um, so that's that. Uh, and then I watched uh, a movie called Life After Beth. I feel like this is a movie TJ's watched. Uh, unknown at the moment. Life After Beth <laughs> is about it's Dane DeHaan and Aubrey Plaza. Uh, I've not watched it. It is um, can confirm. Uh, crazy cast, by the way. Also, John C. Riley, uh, Molly Shannon, uh, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Yeah, Anna Kendrick. Weird. Um, but it is about... It, the movie starts during Awake. Uh, the uh, the main character's girlfriend has oh, just died. Yeah. I was confused for a second. <laughs> I, I was too, and I was like, does it end in asleep? <laughs> uh, and... Uh, you know, the the boyfriend has gotten close with uh, the girlfriend's family, and then they're like, late, they're like, you know, on first name basis all of a sudden, and then the next time he tries to get in touch with them, they're cagey, so he goes by, and it turns out Beth has come back from the dead. And so that's kind of the play on Life After Dead, Life After Beth. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's a fun movie. Um, nothing really important to say or do, <laughs> uh, but it is a fun movie. Uh, it, 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 I think, gave me more appreciation for Dane DeHaan. Because I think I've only seen him in movies that I haven't liked. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I liked him in the soup, the one where they get the superpowers. Yes, that was a good movie. Oh, he was pretty good. Chron- Chronicle? Yeah. Chronicle? Found footage movie. Yeah. Where they, like, find a meteorite or something. Yeah. Chronicle? He turns into the villain. Called Chronicle. Yeah, yeah, it's Chronicle. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I've, I'm with you, though. I didn't like... I watched, uh, well, he's obviously bad in Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And, um... He's in Valyrian. He was bad in that. And then there was a movie that came out last year that was supposed to be really good. Um, fuck. I watched it during, I don't know, maybe it was two years ago. Well, it was in that, that movie with Alicia Vikander, right, where it's like the super steamy movie? Am I making that up? I don't know. A Cure for Wellness was what uh, I'm talking about. That movie got really good reviews, and it was boring. <laughs> but yeah, so that that kind of in the in the my head stock market kind of raised his value a little bit. Cool, yeah, because he doesn't have the. I don't get like annoyed by him. No, no. I just feel like his movies. Suck. I feel like he's a good actor who winds up in a lot of yes bad must, movies. He must have like a shitty agent, or or he's just like at a certain point he's just like yeah yeah, yeah I'll do whatever, and then he's like okay I, I didn't actually mean whatever. Uh, <laughs> just can't break. Yeah, in his defense, the Cure for Wellness got good reviews, and Valerian was supposed to be like this fucking magnum blockbuster, right? So I can't remember if I liked him in Valerian. He, he's just he, the, he's the writing is so bad. It's yeah, hard he's to, fun. It's hard to point. Oh, one's bad in that movie. It's hard to point at anyone and go, "You acted well." Yeah, Valerian is that the Carrie Delevingne also? Yeah, I liked her in that movie. Actually. I liked him fine. He was kind of. He's played kind of like a role a that you feel like character. Brad Pitt should play. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't his role didn't make sense. That was the movie where he was like, "We'll go by the rules all the time," and then yeah. all of a sudden doesn't go by the rules. That's anymore. the thing with that role is that there's not a whole lot to the part, so you need someone with more star power yeah. to like bring something more to the screen. And I feel like they had that. I feel like people thought he was about to like explode, and he just yeah. never quite did. I, I think that he still could. This movie, came oh out, yeah, sure. This, this Life After Beth came out in 2014, so it's not like this is a. You know, an indication of a rising wave, but right. I, I think that he's he's got it. I, he's just has a role problem. Um, eats too many rolls. <laughs> he's just eating Molly all the time, <laughs> allegedly. Um, you guys are looking at your phone, so I guess we'll come back to this later. Uh, I was trying to. Oh, was, that movie is called Tulip Fever. Um, with, uh, and it's it's him and Alicia Vikander. It got horrible reviews, but it's basically like a. A uh, watch these pretty people have sex for an hour and a half. Basically, a okay. 17th century painter in Amsterdam, but it's like an erotic uh, drama. Ugh. 
Good for him, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just signed up to roll around naked with Alicia Vikander yeah. for a few weeks. Yeah. He's like, this is what I meant when I said I'll do anything. <laughs> this movie can be bad. <laughs> um, that's the same year Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. It was the same year Life After Beth did. That's what I was looking at. So. Oh, Life After Beth clearly did not take a lot of money to make. It's ba- it's, it's like the it's basically set between the two houses. Um, but it's, it's a fun little movie. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, because uh, I like subjecting you guys to things that you wouldn't ever want to watch. He is, real quick, I just want to interrupt you. He's, he's <laughs> played the titular character in The Kid, of Billy the Kid, by, uh, directed by D'Onofrio. Oh, cool. That's coming out. So. Also, I just he he is the star in a movie called Metallica Through the Never, which is a thriller concert film directed by Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield, probably. Directed by a guy named Nimrod. Uh, Nimrod Anal <laughs> and Tal. Music by Metallica. That's weird, though. I've never heard of a concept like thriller. Concert uh, film. The guy who has a great filmography though, Vacancy and Predators. <laughs> this is this is weird to me because this is the longest that any movie podcast has ever talked about Dane DeHaan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, what you got? Sorry, we right. interrupted you. Yeah, this is a uh, uh, an anime that I watched. I had this really weird experience where I went on to uh, some news article. Uh, Google News fed me. It was like uh, new to Netflix and leaving soon. And I was reading the news on Netflix, and I was like, okay, 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 you know, I keep up with that stuff. And then I saw Leaving Soon, and I was like, I saw an anime on there that I had no intention of watching, and I went into panic mode for no particular reason. (laughs) (laughs) And I watched two seasons (laughs) in like four days. This article did its fucking job. Yeah. So I watched... (laughs) Netflix gave that... Here, New York Times, take my money. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, we've talked about how I watch dumb shows on Netflix, a lot of them having to do with witches. So I watched Little Witch Academia, <laughs> which is... Wait, that's what it's called? Yes, that's the name of the show. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> it is a show about uh, witches, and it's pretty good. Do they get stitches? Um, some of them do. Oh, no. Um, but each of the main characters are like a classic witch archetype, or like study in like a field of magic. Um, And that kind of stuff is always interesting interesting to me. If you build a world and you introduce magic into it, I'm going to have a good time watching it, at least for that part. Sure. And then if you, like, while you're doing that, you tell me a a good story, then I'm on board. So don't go see it because it's not on Netflix anymore. That's why I didn't want to talk about it for a long time because (laughs) I realized halfway through watching all of it that this is bad fodder for our podcast because I cannot tell anyone to watch it. Um, Nice. Anyway. That's what I watched. Thanks for bearing with me for my uh, 20 minutes of bullshit. That's fun. All right. Mm. Reality roundup. Let's round up the reality. If you keep giving me a platform, I'll keep standing on it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, Survivor this week. It's pretty good. (laughs) I had my... There's now two goats, so I'm interested, I think. I think I would put... um, Nora. Nora definitely is one. And I think the I think the Indian girls won. I think she's just too bad at the game. Wait, by goat you don't mean greatest of all time. You mean scapegoat? Yes. Okay. I mean somebody that can take to the final three that won't get votes. The only I know th- that is confusing. It's fuck millennials. <laughs> fuck myself. <laughs> the tough, the worst thing though to be if you're gonna be a goat, the worst thing to be is irritating. And I feel like both of them have a lot of that. Man, I felt so bad for for Vince. Vince went home this week. That sucks. Yeah, but he deserved to go home. <laughs> Yeah, he was arrogant. Um, but I totally feel him when he's just like, if you're just going to keep saying you're on the bottom and you don't have a plan, like, what do you want me to do with that? Like, I can't just say, I'm not just going to save you because you're, like, crying. Right. You got to you gotta make a move. And for her, she was just so, she's so complaining, man. Jesus. Yeah. It's so annoying. Krishna? Yes. Yeah. Um... I mean, it was hard to watch. It did feel bad for her when, like, her hand is just bleeding and literally no one stops their breakfast. <laughs> yeah. But. It's also, she also does the thing where she goes, look, it's not that bad. Yeah. But. Yeah, what do you want them to do? Yeah. She's, she's like, saying I mean, in, people professional. That be, that people want to be coddled. And I'm just not down with that. Yeah, I think it also speaks to how maybe she just wasn't jiving it with the rest of her tribe to that point. Yeah. It made me wonder if there's been more 
moments like that that just didn't make it to I edit. mean, they told her before they lost the challenge, essentially, they were going to put votes on her. Yeah. That's how bad it is. But also, how is this a tribe full of people who consider themselves the outsiders to the rest of the tribe? Vince said it and did it. Nor and Idiot say it and do it. And uh, Karishma says it. Like, I don't understand how all of them are like, we're on the outs. Well, Nora and, and the other guy are on a different trap. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but at this, still, though, she cobbled together a full... That that was last week's episode, but it was uh, really irritating when, when Nora and Jason put together a majority alliance of outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be that. <laughs> we're, can't just, be we're just the freaks and geeks. No. Sounds like Jack and uh, Jamal. Yeah. Yeah. Are the 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 freaks and the outsiders? Yeah, the because it turns out on Survivor, the people who are actually in like the minority these days are the people who are the strong physical competitors. Because that is the only part of Survivor that has become a rubric that everyone needs to follow. Yeah, is keep strong people on your tribe. When you merge, get rid of them. Like, otherwise, you will lose the game of Survivor. Right. For me, the highlight of this week's episode was the fun, the introduction of the last castaway, Dean, to the show, <laughs> who had not been on the first two episodes pretty much at all. Uh, and we got to hear Dean uh, just uh, loudly vocalizing his plans <laughs> without thinking about That anything. was hilarious. It was really fucking funny. I do get what he was saying, when he's like, I don't even know if it fucking matters. Yeah. Because it doesn't. Because everybody's going to know. You know what I mean? But if your goal is to flush an idol, everybody there should be a little scared that you're getting some votes. Yeah. But, yeah. goddamn. <laughs> and, and, and I love now putting together the next week on Survivor that it was the girl who he's going to end up, like, boning on the island who was like, yeah, everybody's here, though. Yeah. Like, right when he said it, he was just like, yep. <laughs> I just, I, I find it refreshing that he didn't, like, try to cover it up. He was just like, yeah, that was, that was real stupid. Yeah. Yeah, his 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 his, uh, his interview afterwards was good. He was like, "It's what everyone knew we had to do, <laughs> but nobody said it out loud." Did I need to say it out loud? Absolutely not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. I, it makes me wonder, like, uh, though, if if now I, I'm a I'm thinking Dean may go far in this game because I think the another thing you don't want to be seen as is smart. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a threat too. <laughs> So <laughs> no one's gonna look at him and be like, "Well, we can trust him with our secrets." Yeah, yeah. that felt, dumb shit. I beach. felt bad for him. If it was dumb shit, I would, I would, I would be a little more on board. This just seems like more like mouth vomit, mouth vomit, yeah. word vomit. <laughs> mouth vomit is mouth vomit. <laughs> you don't know that. Uh, but yeah, like if he said something stupid, but he did. He was just doing the math in his head. He was like. Strategizing, strategizing. And as soon as somebody's like, we can just flush the idol out. He's like, split the votes! Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't say that out loud, did I? I think there's a there's a tendency, I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm, I'm on the wrong side here, but it's, uh, if I were out there playing and, and somebody, and I thought somebody might have an idol, I think my first instinct would try to be, how can that idol be used in my favor? Right. Rather yeah, we're trying than, to get them to tell me they have one. Rather than just flush it out. I think the in, the the instinct... This game has so many idols, you can't flush them all out. So, um, I think knowing where one is has some value. Yeah. Potentially. Also, I was a little... I still don't think... I think they didn't like Vince. Because they didn't decide they needed to flush out the other idol. Right. When the other girl came back. Right. Right. You know? Right. That's she could still fucking have one and nobody seems to care because she can swim real fast. By the way, how good for her that Vince comes back immediately voted off. Yeah. Not enough time to expose what the island of the idols is and expose her as a liar to her alliance. I kinda held my breath when he got voted out. I thought he might just turn around and be like, Oh, by the way, Robin Sandra here. Yeah. I wonder I think she lied. Are they they have to be instructed not to do shit like that once they're voted out. No, they can, no they're they, told they, they can do whatever they want. Can do whatever they want. Well, I mean, they can say what they want. They can say what they want. So they could be like, "These two have a secret alliance." As they're walking out, I'm surprised Um, that's not done more. 
I've I think I've seen I think in the past in one of the past like five or six seasons someone has said as they're walking out that they had Nidal that they that they should have played. Which is like something that is very important for the game. Well, I know you can't you can't do anything. You can't like hand an idol over right. after voted out. Maybe you're maybe you are instructed not to. I, I really feel like I would get more like that person is fucking lying to you, like more very specific things. You know what I mean? Do yeah. not trust Dave. Yeah. Dave is telling you the bullshit, Joe. Maybe like, I feel like more people want to get up there and talk for five minutes. Yeah, maybe they're told to not reveal anything about the game. Right. Um, I just feel like I would have seen it once. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, I I do think that definitely played into Elizabeth's uh, decision to try to refocus votes away from Tom. Not only does she like Tom, and I was real nervous for Tom. Me too. I was like, I "I love Tom. Tom Tom is someone they should not want to get rid of because Tom is going to be a super easy person to play Survivor against. Yeah. Tom is super straightforward. He's not going to be... He's like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to cheat you. You are reducing the uh, variables of the game by keeping Tom in it. Yeah. Yeah. Tom's Tom's going to be against you or for, or with you, and as long as you know that, you don't have to... That's reducing paranoia by a bit by keeping Tom around. Yes. Um, I, would, I would love to see Tom with Boston Rob. I want to see Tom on Island of the Idols. Just to, like watch Boston Rob and Tom just like shoot the shit like they're sitting on a fucking stoop in Boston. Yeah. Who did Tom play for? Do you know? The Kings uh, for a bit. He was most of his time with the Kings, I believe. Because okay. I thought it'd be cool if uh, um, if, 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 if he was a Bruin, a Bruin at some point and Boston I'm sure Rob I'm just sure loses his shit. He is though. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. Anything else for that episode or? I will say this: the this is the first one where I don't think the skills were really the the skills taught by Rob and Sandra were really that helpful. No, it was just a challenge, which was neat to watch. And I thought it was really funny when Vince fucking fell over, like kept falling over his own feet, yeah. uh, leaving the camp. But that's not really a skill that you use in Survivor: is sneaking into camps. Well, they tried to couch it as being calm under pressure. Yeah. And there was a bit of that, although it was at night when people can't see literally anything five feet in front of them, so it's kind of easy for him. Yeah, um, he was captain of the Rangers through the eighties. Okay, but so, Boston Rob does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's keeping calm under pressure, or or just being, I guess, sneaky in a way is is good. But I don't know. He immediately didn't lose it because he came back to the island and Karishma was complaining to him and he freaked out at her. So, and he and he was like, "See, they taught me how to be calm under pressure." And it's like that's the opposite, man. Like you're doing the opposite of what they said to do. But oh my god, how do you not play your idol? It's only good for two tribals. Yeah. You, unless you were in just a rock what solid he, majority. Here was my thing with that. What he was like, I'm definitely bringing it because you never know. What do you think was going to happen? Right. Like, what What had to happen for him to play it? Yeah. Somebody be like, I don't know, I heard Vince's name is getting written down by a majority of the people here. <laughs> then be like, maybe I should play my idol. Yeah. Well, they're not going to fucking tell you, man. Yeah. Uh, here is one thing that I think that might be a thing that... Uh, a reason to vote Tom out. I think that Tom had a perfect read for Christmas antics at Tribal. As soon as Christmas starts like getting up and walking around and whispering to people, Tom goes, "Oh, cut it out! This is all for show. They're not changing their plan." Yeah, I probably would have kept my mouth shut if I was him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, it fits his character. If you were writing his character, it'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." He doesn't lie. He plays honest. He's a straight shooter. I just, I still, I stick to my in Survivor. Anytime I can not talk, I should be not talking. Right. Yeah. Tom is a classic Survivor player stuck in a modern game. Like but, he's a he's a guy who could he's a guy who would win one of the first fifteen seasons. What other thing? What's the Olympic swimmer's name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Holy shit! Though the challenge when she jumped in the water, I was like, "Holy shit!" She looks like they did in the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> like she popped out and was like kicking her feet up. And yeah. Like had like a fifteen foot lead just when she like came out of the water for the first time. It's nice to see an Olympian actually do well at the thing they were an Olympian in, in on Survivor. Yeah. Once we had an Olympic runner who couldn't get up a hill <laughs> on Survivor, um, had to be pushed. Do you um, do you know the name of the, the the lifeguard woman, Janet? I think she did a good job too. 
She swam way faster than I thought she would. Yeah, I mean, she lost by, like, what, 10 feet? Yeah. 15 feet? Which is, losing by 10, 15 feet to an Olympian? Yeah. It's like, that's a fucking win. I mean, she, and she is also, she's the head lifeguard in California, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, she should be... Yeah, probably pretty good. She's just she not was. shaped like somebody who would right. be a prof- that proficient of a swimmer. I thought I was going to hate her, and I like her. I yeah, like me too. I like a lot of this cast. Yeah. Man, nobody left really annoys me except for the two of them I was talking about. And Vince was honestly getting there as much as I liked him in week one. Yeah, Krishna wasn't on my radar at first, but now she yeah. is. She irritates me, and Nora still irritates me. She's loony. I like Jason with Nora... Because I like that he's having to sort of try to wrangle her. Like that one episode where he's, she starts dancing. Dancing. He's like, no, 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 don't think people can see that. And this she's, is, like, she's like, okay. It's the town for Footloose. We're in the town for Footloose. There's no dancing. Yeah. 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 And then she started dancing basically to Footloose in her head. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Looney Tune. That's, that's really good instincts for him to, to tell her that though in that moment. Because, um, yeah. It reminds me of uh, Jeremy Collins, who won a season. He he had a rule on the beach, which was no handshakes. He never wanted to see any. He never wanted anyone else to ever see him shaking hands with anyone. Because huh. when people would be like, people would be like, hey, we're gonna do this, and he'd be like, yeah, we'll do it. I don't need to have to give you a <laughs> physical confirmation of that. I like it. We'll see it when the votes come out. This is a lawless society. Our hands touching doesn't make it a deal, <laughs> right? So. Um, I think that's smart. Don't don't be celebrating before things happen. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Because the editors will exploit that. Because then that's the episode you go home. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that. Yeah, it'll be fun. We're we're plugging along there. Week four is coming up. Yeah. It's not yeah. a not an all time great season or anything yet, but it's a it's a fun one. And uh, with the side of uh, Christian season from a couple of you know, this is the you can never tell three weeks in too so. Right. Um, I am excited about uh, um, the next episode. I'm for, I had something to say about Survivor. Now the it's gone. No. We, we may not get a pre-merge swap this season because the tribes are both winning. Again, so far. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, it's hard It's hard to say. Well, at least, at the very least, I don't think we're going to... What we may see is a, is a redrawing of two teams. I don't think... We'll this, the three. this season doesn't feel like one where we're going to do the the three. I remember what I was going to say, which is Rob has a podcast. Uh, I'm excited for it to have the exit interviews again because it couldn't have them last season. Right. Oh, yeah, and I'm excited to uh, CBS, their YouTube channel, puts up the, uh, the videos of Ponderosa. I, I like I'm going to start putting them up after uh, the merge, but yeah. I've not listened to Vince's exit yet. I haven't either. I just just remembered that I can uh, do that because yeah. I had to go a whole season not doing it. I've listened to the first two. Ronnie's is actually really good. Ronnie is just he completely he owns it. He was like, yeah, I can see it. He's a game theorist. I would expect him to understand that he played that wrong. Yeah. And uh, who was the se- oh Molly? Molly. She was kind of blindsided by hers, but she's she said seeing the episode made her feel so much better about everything. That's generally because this is what exit interviews do. They see it, and seeing what they see and knowing what they know combined, they're like, yeah, that's generally what happens on the exit interviews. Yeah. She said that uh, the tribe misread her, but there's nothing she could really do about that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's Jason's problem. Yeah. And the other tribe, he's got... How does she think they misread her? Well, they were, they were saying she's like poverty, you know, Uh-oh. because she's cute. Yeah. And... Basically every season, some the cute the cutest girl who gets is, is well liked gets poverty <laughs> yeah. because people poverty is just like a, the boogie a boogeyman of Survivor, which is like, speak her name and you're doomed. Right. Um, but she said that she was you know very much a team player at the beginning and um, but yeah, it happens. Well, cool. Br- 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 breezy. Hey guys. Sony came out with some news. What's that? Guess what they're going to call the next PlayStation. PlayStation 6? I don't know whatever we're on. Five. Five. <laughs> Nailed it. That's the big news in PlayStation <laughs> World. No, uh, but it did come out. Uh, they, In order to get ahead of leaks, they keep dumping stories on Wired. Uh, so there's a big uh, article up on Wired about uh, more specifics about what the PlayStation 5 is going to be. 
I suggest you check it out. Um, I don't haven't really done a deep dive on it yet, but Listen. it's a. Uh, it's mostly around the fact that it's that they're all going to have a dedicated solid state drive, uh, virtually eliminating load times. Um, so that's pretty cool. But so the, the PS5 is a oh, and we have a release window. It's and it's what everyone expected. It's going to be holiday 2020. Um, so sometime before Thanksgiving next year, we'll have a PlayStation Five. Fun. Yep. How uh, I'm starting to so as TVs. Uh, get made to last longer now. I I don't find myself buying TVs as often, you know. Like, right. There's no, you don't need to upgrade it very much anymore because LCD TVs last for fucking ever. And I'm wondering, like, specs on like a PS5. Um, what kind of TV do you need to have probably to to really fully enjoy the upgrade? Like, you could play right. a PS4 on an older TV as well. But it was sort of made for the the 1080 HP right uh, generation of televisions. Yeah, what 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 you will see from like a feature complete TV for the PS5 is going to be HDR, four uh, native 4K, 60 to 120 frames per second. Okay. So with a really high refresh rate, that's going to be like the the TV to upgrade to for the PS5. Which is what people are developing for now, which means this time next year, it'll be something else. It'll be 8K. And I, I've seen 8K TVs are out there now. They're super expensive. Yeah. 4K TVs are not that expensive anymore to get. You can get one for a few hundred bucks. Yeah. But there's also... It's, we're also at a weird point where we've, we're bottlenecked by media devices. Mm-hmm. So, like, your Roku sticks, your Apple TV, your PlayStation 4... Um, like, none of these things output at 4K native. Likewise, uh, Comcast, there's no cable uh, AT&T U-verse. None of that is native 4K. Um, the only the only devices or platforms that have native 4K, pretty much YouTube. Netflix does, Netflix, right? Netflix has a couple programs that are 4K. Yeah. But, like, YouTube and Netflix are the only... That and, like, porn. But porn is always on, like, the, the cutting edge. Right. Um, so, it's interesting that, like, there's this big push and the TVs have become more affordable faster than the technology really demands it to. And mm-hmm. now the technology is stepping way past it. Yeah. Because that's the thing, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, it's been years since I've even, like, thought about really it. really thought about buying a TV. And now it's, like... Well, 4K seems to be, it's in that price range where it seems like the logical next step for it, me. It will be the next one I buy whenever I buy one. Right, right. But I don't know... If it's worth, like, getting rid of one that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I am. And, and I don't know if, like, how much, like, once I have a 4K TV, I don't know what my next step is. Sort of like... Yeah. As a no, I think there is a Roku a, stick that handles 4K. There is. Yeah. Um, which like, would probably be what I get. It's probably like a third of the cost of the TV, too. I think it's like 80 bucks. Um, it's the high end. Yeah. But, like, how, so you're saying that it's like it's just YouTube and, and some Netflix. Is Pretty much. What you get with it. And games, games, right? Well, yeah, games. Like I said, it's an easy decision for me because I'm not a gamer, but right. y- y'all might, you wouldn't get, you know, love out of that if you if I got a PS5 right and that's the thing is like Which I assume you will at some point like the, the right now on the PS4 Pro the top of the line PS4 for Pro enabled games it gives you the option of performance over graphics so you can choose stable 60 frames per second or 59.994 whatever the actual frame data is you can choose between that, or you can choose like HDR enabled, like true, like anti-aliasing, all like the graphics setting stuff, uh, which you know, but not a stable sixty frames per second. So like the PS Five to me will not present that option. It'll just do everything. Yeah. Um, and so getting a TV that that displays that, you know, like that's that's why the Xbox One is the the, the technical winner of this generation because it just does all that better. Yeah, that's cool. I, you know, I'll probably, my guess is I'll probably get a PS5 around holiday 2021. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be an early adopter with it because that's, you know, that's my one platform. Like, I, I play Switch games here and there, but it's like, it is my full media suite. It's yeah. my Amazon Prime Video, my Netflix, my Hulu, all that shit. There are a few games that I play routinely, but one is MLB The Show, which is a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. So, you know, I've got this year's game, and that'll last me for a couple of years. And then I'll I'll probably want a new one in like two or three years. Yeah. So, um, that is interesting. I've I'd seen the headline on PlayStation Five, but that's I, I did not know any specifics about it. Yeah, it's kind of an eye rolly headline everywhere that has it because the, the such the, such the easiest joke is like, well, when were they going to call it? And it's like, oh, well, PlayStation Five, it's got a streak going. Yeah. <laughs> They're not like Xbox dumbass over here naming shit like. Xbox One, Xbox 360. I bet they're going to call their next Xbox Xbox Two, and it's just going to blow everyone's minds. <laughs> what the fuck are those clowns doing over there? Double Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> like, Put an extra X on the each end of it. So it's a hardcore Xbox? <laughs> XX Box Ox. <laughs> it's, it's the edgy AIM instant messenger name. Yeah. Any other news? Yeah, a couple little things. Well, I guess first is the Todd Phillips kind of being an idiot. Yeah, um, we've talked about the the topic on here a couple times. Yeah, I really want to bring up the Mark Maron's public response on yeah. his podcast. So I'll play the role of Todd Phillips. <laughs> Todd Phillips said publicly that uh, we live in an era now because of the Hollywood uh, wokeness that you can't make movies like the movies he used to make anymore. Can't tell jokes anymore. Yeah, without offending everybody. That's what Todd Phillips says. Spe- yeah, specifically talking about the Joker and how uh, it is his uh, commentary that there are no... The, nothing is safe to joke about in Hollywood and movies like The Hangover would get destroyed today. Yeah. And Mark Mayer came out on his podcast in the intro and pretty much, uh, super paraphrasing, was like, stop being a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Mark Maron, who is in Todd Phillips' Who's movie, in Joker. Joker. Yeah, was like, you can tell jokes you want to, you're just going to offend people, but your other people might like it. Yeah. Tell the jokes to those people. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, if you offend people, you're going to offend people. Kind of fucking shoulder that and deal with it. And I like a couple of Todd Phillips' older comedies. Sure. But let's not make them out to be the paragons of comedy. No. The Hangover was fine. It's okay. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, when I told when I told this this story roughly but to not, Kelly, not because of Tom Phillips. No, no, <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. Yes, yes. that movie hilarious. And, and Ed Helms. And funnily yeah. enough, co-creator Scott Ackerman has kind of co-creator between two ferns with yeah. Zach Galifianakis has come out within the last like six months because this is like the topic du jour. This is going to be the hacky comic number one thing to do in their stand-up routine is to say like. World's changed. You can't say retard anymore. Like, dumb stuff like that. Um, but Scott Ackerman has come out and has said basically the same thing Mark, Mark Maron has said. Like, the people who complain that the world is too PC and everyone is too offended too easily and we can't make jokes about stuff anymore aren't listening to the right comedians. Because there are plenty of funny people who aren't doing that who are making a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then one more piece. I wanted to end on something that wasn't that. Yep. But uh, Gold Derby is a website that does like award show and reality TV uh, commentary on who they think will win. And uh, right now, so every year they do the Gold Derby Awards, which is anybody who has a login can go in and vote. And you nominate first and then they vote yeah. for it. And it's all pretty good and it's fun because it's kind of like a letterboxed crowd. It's not just like fucking anybody. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but right now they're doing a fun one. It's the... Decades TV Awards for Gold Derby. So I just went on and submitted my nominations. And it was fun. And it surprised me a little bit. I ended up putting Carrie Coon down as my lead actress nominee for the decade from Leftovers. She's really good. Yep. And I, once I compared her to everybody from Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and Friday Night Lights and all these other shows I liked, I was like, man, she acted circles around all of them. Yeah, I feel like. So, uh, it's fun. And they, they do like episode list two from just this decade though. So like, Ozymandias is still in play. Right. You know what I mean? So it's fun comparing in your head Ozymandias to whatever else. Battle of the Bastards. You know what I mean? Facebook arguments come to life. Yeah. Well, except it's a bunch of normal fucking people, so. (laughs) 
I will also throw this into the news. Uh, Robert Forster passed away yesterday. Ah, we were just talking about him, too, not too long ago. Yeah, you killed me. He made TJ's top five Quentin, Quentin Tarantino performance list, right? Yep. For we did him that. and Jackie Brown. He is fantastic. He is really good in that movie. So, anyway. Well, there goes TJ trying to end on a happy note. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's coming out this weekend? Oh, I know what's coming out this weekend. It's an easy one for me. Uh, but you got three big movies coming out this weekend. What do you got? Uh, you got the Disney film, going to make a bunch of money. The sequel to Maleficent is coming out. Oh. Mistress of Evil. I watched the first one. Did y'all ever watch it? Not bad. No. Yeah, it was fine. The special effects were great in it. Yeah. Uh, Zombieland Double Tap. Looks okay. stupid, but yep, it's... The fun, fun that it's all four of them. Yep. I love that the last trailer I saw spent so much time focusing on all the Oscar nominations and Oscar wins from that cast. Yeah. <laughs> Since all four of them have now been Oscar nominated, at least. And uh, one of the movies I'm most excited about and goes for our homework uh, in the future, we'll, I think that episode has not come out yet, but uh, Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit is coming out this weekend. Oh. Mass release. I'm super excited to go see that. I bet it's super awkward. Nice. <laughs> it's a good weekend for movies. Yeah, theaters will be happy. On, on any weekend where if this was the only movie, I would I would happily recommend it um, for doing what it's aiming to do. What's that? Maleficent? For, for each movie. Uh, for each movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, any of these, like, they might be uh, pretty fun watches. I bet, I mean, I don't think that Zombieland Double Tap is going to be amazing, but I bet it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but Jojo Rabbit's my call if you want to go see anything. But I feel like that's pretty obvious. You bully. I'm also going to pick Jojo Rabbit because you're going you're threatening to hit me right now if I don't. Well, I'll pick Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. All right, go see Jojo Rabbit. But if you don't, you can't really fuck up this weekend. They're all probably decent. Let us out, TJ. All right, let us out. Take that, Breezy. Bye! No. Um, <laughs> talk, talk. That scared me. That's yeah, a jump yeah. scare. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that's a jump scare. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, so, uh, yeah, give us a rating. Please subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on our website. Thank you to the Willow Walkers, and thank you Coming to Boo Thank you. Bye. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads Small town slowpokes long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I know